the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author and award-winning podcast host. Welcome to the second season of the Start Your Own Business podcast, where I get practical advice from experts and small business owners that can help you set up a new business and get off to a great start, saving time and money along the way. In this episode, we're talking about stress. We will start by talking about stress generally and then drill down to how it impacts startups and the practical solutions for avoiding stress and its impact on your life, your productivity and your business. We are also going to talk about what the difference is between pressure and stress and share some tips on how being a brilliant boss will avoid your team getting stressed and increase their performance as well. So stress, 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 it's all coming up very, very shortly. Now, before we meet our guest, please take time to find out about our sponsors, the Federation of Small Businesses. It provides its members with a range of fantastic free services, including FSB Care, which could really help if you were to become Become unwell with a serious physical or mental health condition. So, to find out more about FSB Care, over to Christine Husbands. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. The Federation of Small Businesses know that times of ill health and bereavement can be a very difficult time for small business owners. This is why FSB Care is provided free of charge to all members. FSB Care provides long-term practical advice and emotional support from the same experienced nurse for health conditions such as cancer, cardiovascular and musculoskeletal, stress, anxiety and depression, trauma and bereavement and many more. Through regular telephone calls, the nurse is there throughout a period of ill health, giving advice, information and support. And if it would be beneficial, the nurse can also source a course of therapy, counselling or other helpful services. To find out more, visit fsb.org.uk forward slash care. It's time to introduce our expert, Sir Carrie Cooper, 50th Anniversary Professor of Organisational Psychology and Health at the Alliance Manchester Business School at the University of Manchester. Sir Carrie is also President of the Institute of Welfare and Chair of the National Forum for Health and Wellbeing at Work. He's the outgoing president of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development and has been described as the UK media's first choice expert for comment on workplace issues. So we are honoured to have him with us today. Welcome, Sir Carrie. Oh, good to be with you, Chloe. It's excellent to have you here discussing such an important topic in the world of small businesses, which doesn't really focused on enough. I think people think about product and marketing and sales, but they don't get as far as far as stress, which as we're going to discover, a bit of pre-planning, a bit of awareness helps a lot. So let's start off with some, some stats, because it's always nice to start with stats. According to the Health and Safety Executive, between 2020 and 2021, 822,000 UK workers suffered from work-related stress, depression, or anxiety, and it accounted for half of all work-related ill health cases, costing UK businesses billions of pounds a year. Because it's it's remains a huge problem, doesn't it, stress? 
Oh, yeah, it's it's a really big problem. It's roughly 57% of all long-term sickness absence. It's the leading cause of long-term sickness. It used to be in the old days, musculoskeletal issues about 20 years ago, backache and things like that. But now stress is way outweighed any other source. And by the way, it's not just in the UK, it's in almost every developed country. You would have thought we, it would be easier to deal with the problem of stress and mitigate it and avoid it than musculoskeletal issues. You know, you would have thought that it would be easier to avoid, but it just isn't, is it? Oh, it's not. And I think it's basically, if you look at the UK, we've moved away from manufacturing where a lot of the problems were musculoskeletal, environmental problems to do with the work and situation. And then it moved into the people business. We're, we're a, 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 a service-based economy, basically, the UK. And in many other countries, uh, developed countries in Western Europe are as well. And that means people. It's all about people. It's the way people are managed, the culture that you have, the hours they work, how you manage them, um, all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and those are the kind of big issues that affect human beings. As we saw during the pandemic, we saw the impact of the way we were being managed or not being managed. We saw the lack of social contact. We saw people feeling job insecure. We saw almost all the kind of characteristics you would have seen pre-COVID that caused people stress at work, which we can get into in a minute. What are the, 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 the critical ones and what are the less critical? Well, let's, let's do that now. Let's talk about what causes stress. So what, what are those critical and less critical factors that lead to people feeling stressed and ending up being unable to work? Well, it's interesting because my national forum of health and well-being is made up of HR directors, chief medical officers, directors of health and well-being of all the major companies, 40 of them across the globe. And when we first started three and a half years ago, we were talking about, and these are very senior people, what are the big issues for you? And the first issue they came up with, which they wanted more science on and then try to think about how we could deal with it, was your line manager, your boss, effectively is the leading cause, really, of ill health in the workplace. How you're managed. Are you bullied? Are, do you have a, a command and control uh, manager? Do you have autonomy and control over your work? So the line manager is pretty fundamental. And here's the big issue we have. By the way, it was writ large during the pandemic. Because what did we see during the pandemic? We had managers who, and remember, in, in the UK and most developed countries, people are promoted or hired in by organizations based on their technical skills, not their people skills. Yeah, That's the big problem we've always had. So what we knew pre-pandemic was the problem we had is we had lots of line managers who were technically very competent, but a huge proportion who didn't have the EQ, the social EQ, emotional intelligence, the social interpersonal skills, really the people management skills. My goodness, this is managers. That's what the word says. You're managing other human beings. But, you know, you're a marketing manager. You're great at marketing, but just lousy at dealing with people. So what that became, that came to the fore during the pandemic where people were working remotely. So you're having to manage remote teams, right? So that was difficult for people who didn't have the people skills. How did they recognize when people weren't coping? They had unmanageable workloads, unrealistic deadlines because they weren't in an office environment. 
And going forward, by the way, in the hybrid model of flexible mm-hmm. working, we're going to have that same issue. In fact, it'll be worse because some people will be in the office. Some people will be working primarily, not exclusively primarily from home. How do you manage all that? And really, you do need managers going forward who have the EQ. So the biggest issue we have in this country and many developed countries is we need to train up the managerial cadre that we currently have from shop floor to top floor in terms of their people skills, their emotional intelligence, social interpersonal skills. But going forward, we need to recruit people where there's parity between their people skills and their technical skills. They need to have the technical skills, but they have to have the people skills. So number one, it's your boss. You know, over every door on every office should be, as we see on a packet of cigarettes, your boss could potentially be dangerous to your health. (laughs) I love the fact that it's that clear cut, that this is number one. But I also love the fact that as this is a, you know, as our audience listening to us are people who are about to start their own business or who've started their own business. I suspect a lot of them are doing this to get away from that, that inadequate manager, that inadequate boss that's been causing them the stress. So I guess this is our opportunity to help them, everyone listening, to not become in turn that same inadequate manager. No, you're Chloe, you're absolutely right. Because I think you see a lot of people who who leave the big conglomerates, the corporates or the big public sector bodies usually do so because of their line manager or the, or the management style of that organization. So that is, that, that's one, I think, big issue. I think another issue is, work-life balance, hours of work, length of the working week. Let's put those all under one heading. But we know that long hours damages people's health. I did a meta-analysis of all the studies a number of years ago for the health and safety executive, where we looked at hours of work and health. And we found that if you consistently work long hours, you'll get ill. That's all there is to it. And the evidence is since then, we found more and more of it. That's why there's a move toward, as we've seen in places like Iceland and Sweden and New Zealand, toward a four-day working week, thinking about hours of work. I think with the flexible model coming up, with people working hybrid models, partly from home, partner or central office, the hours, um, the, 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 the notion of four-day week becomes less significant. If you give people autonomy to work when and where they work, which is reasonable given the role you have, it's got to be reasonable because the employer, you know, it's about a psychological contract between the employee and the employer. So the employee says, oh, what I'd like to do is work sometimes two or three days a week from home, come in when I need to come in, et cetera. Then the employer has to say, well, given the nature of role, we can cope with that. Or the employer says, I'm sorry, you really need to come in on these and these days. These are kind of fundamental days. So you develop that kind of psychological contract. Maybe the issue of four-day working week only applies to a lot of people who can't work flexibly. People who have to be at the coalface, whoever they are, doctors, nurses, bus drivers, paste assembly line workers, and the like. But anyway, the issue of flexibility, I think, is important, hours of work. And people are less productive if they consistently work long hours. And 
it makes them ill. Yeah, I think that that's a one which is particularly pertinent to the the new business owner, the startup business owner, because it can be, especially in those early days where you're not getting the feedback from your activity, you can fall into the busy trap, can't you? Where you just think, so long as I'm doing something on the business, it's worth it. And you end up working, you know, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, seven days a week, a lot of the time doing things that aren't worth it, which clearly is gonna gonna make us ill. So is there any advice you can give on how to how to keep that balance between work and life, even though we're in a startup environment. You're absolutely right, by the way. The evidence is quite clear that in it's very in small and micro businesses and startups, the entrepreneurs, the people who form those businesses tend to work excessively long hours. That's all right in a given week to do that. But if you consistently do that, you will get ill. You'll be less effective, less productive. Just stop it. You know, don't do it. What you do is, you know, you're, you are you can figure out yourself what's an appropriate thing. Look, look for the signs that you're not coping. You know, sleepless nights, difficulty concentrating, losing your sense of humor, you know, f- becoming more aggressive when you're normally not. Uh, uh, there's a whole range of behavioral signs that indicate that you're, you've gone over in terms of hours of work, that the stress levels are beginning to hit and will lead to kind of maladaptive, lead to ill health in one form or another. So my, my recommendation to startups, to young entrepreneurs or people, not just young, any entrepreneur who starts a business is the tendency is to want to work 16 hour days. Don't do that. In the end, you won't be effective. In a given week, you might need to. In a particular week, you have lots of things to do to set up whatever systems you have to do or working with clients. I can You can understand it at one, two, three, four days a whole week. You do it consistently, it's not good news for you. So what's important to be refreshed when you go back to work, to be vigilant, to be motivated, and to, and those around you is to ensure that you have an outside life, that you have that you're with family, that you detach yourself from the work environment. The real problem with a lot of startups is it's usually a family thing, and they're both partners, for example, who go into that business, and all they do is reinforce the long hours culture between the two of them. Well, one of you has to stop that because you have to have an, a life outside. You'll be more refreshed less likely to get a stress-related illness, which you need like you need a hole in your head when you're starting a business. <laughs> and uh, really, you just don't need that. And, and and really, make sure you do something out, totally outside of work. So you just got peace of mind. And then when you go in the next day, it'll be a, you'll be a, a different kind of person. But that is a problem, particularly in, in, in startups. So we need to not get rid of our hobbies and create some boundaries like no work after 8 p.m. or no work on Sundays or, or something like that. That's, that's kind of the really practical stuff I'm hearing from you there. Oh, absolutely. Be practical about it. And, just, and, and the way you do that, by the way, is very simple. You make sure that you take your partner out for dinner one night and you put it in a diary and say, we're going to go out at six o'clock. Another night, you say with a, a, a series of friends of yours, come on, we're going to go and uh, play some golf this evening or whatever you do. We're going to go to the theater or go to a cinema or whatever you do and just book in a, at least a couple nights a week where you have to get out of the workplace because really the tendency would be for startups just to stay there till 10 o'clock at night. 
no good, not good at all. Very good for me selling my books on stress. So if you <laughs> want to keep doing that, I'm a winner and you're a loser. <laughs> Is that the name of the book? No, I've got tons more <laughs> on stress. <laughs> um, so, so Carrie, we've talked about fundamentally you need to take time off work to to make to keep yourself away from stress. You mentioned sleep. I'm guessing eating well, sleeping well will help as well. Yeah, taking exercise, uh, you know, before you go to work in the morning or when you come back from work, you know, at five or six o'clock at night, you know, go go swimming, go to the gym, do something like that. Really, really important part of reducing the tension that you're going to experience. Listen, a startup business is extremely stressful. It's insecure. It tends to be long work hours. It tends to create... Uh, uh, you know, the walking worried, you know, and, and all of that and, that. and the workload tends to be fairly heavy. So it, it is important that you kind of manage the process and, and you know, think about your family. And by the way, the other thing you don't want to do is damage your family in the course of doing this if you have a family. And, and that's quite important to make sure that you spend personal disposable time with partners, kids, and, and friends, because you have to invest in relationships. That will be your support system when things go wrong. So we all need support. We all need somebody to turn to when things go, don't go well. And starting up a business, there will be many times when things don't go well. You need somebody to talk to. You need uh, somebody to give you the support and love that you we all need from time to time in, in very stressful situations. So investing in relationships is outside is, is really quite important. And those are obviously ways we can prevent becoming stressed, but are all those tactics we've just talked about, are they equally as useful for if you're feeling stressed, how you can lower your stress levels? If you're feeling stressed, you need to talk to people about it. You know, your partner, it doesn't have to be your partner. It could be a close friend. It could be anybody that you can actually talk to. But you know what? Don't seek out people who will just say, oh, poor thing, and put their arm around your shoulder rather than give you advice, even if it's uncomfortable advice. You need to go to people where you feel, number one, you can open up, you can show your vulnerability show your weakness. We're all weak. We pretend in, in, the, in the work environment to be super, super men and women. You know, we play a role that we're these great copers and many people aren't, but they play it really well or some don't play it well at all. But in any case, you know, <laughs> what, I, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and really you need to go, when you've got problems and things are going wrong and you need, you really need to get it out, but you need to go to somebody who you know will give you good positive, will give you feedback that's constructive to sort the problem out and won't just be an arm around the shoulder. You might need that as well, but, but you do need, you know, you no, that's not the way to do that, Carrie. No wonder you're under stress because what you're doing is you're doing that, but you're doing absolutely the wrong thing. Why don't you try that? As opposed to, oh, poor boy, I feel so sorry for you, all the hours you're working and everything. No, you need one, when, when, it, when push comes to shove, the most effective counseling you can get from people, which is very practical, very honest, very open. So you all, we all have somebody we can, we can turn to and just make sure you do and you don't keep it buried 
that's really dangerous in terms of your health as well, not to open up and talk to people when you need when you need the the support and help. I love that the the advice we're giving everyone to both to to avoid stress in the first place and to deal with it are things which are so simple, so low cost, so easy to do. So you know if your startup doesn't have a profit yet, that's not a reason not to take these steps. There's no reason at all why we shouldn't be looking after ourselves well during a startup journey. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it the, the UK, by the way, needs startups. We, we are, we're, the one thing good about the UK economy is that the majority of people in the private sector are actually employed by the SMEs, not by the big boys. And the, it's always been the case. We're great at creating businesses. And with IT and technology where it is, we can have very successful businesses with small numbers of people in them, given the technology and everything else. So uh, it really is important that we, that, that we have more and more successful startups and SMEs. This is important for our economy. The problem is, of course, the big boys have HR they have counselors, EAPs, employee assistance programs for people who can go talk to professionals. The SMEs just SME sector doesn't have that. You know, they don't ba- basically have very much HR even. Uh, you know, so they have the infrastructure, occupational health, and you know, sushi at your desk and ping pong tables and the rest of it. But but you know, a mental health first aiding, which you see more and more of in in the workplace. So. If you need help, you have to go get it. It's not going to be there for you. There's not an infrastructure in an SME in a startup, right? So you have to look mm-hmm. after yourself and, and incidentally, all your employees as well. That's important. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to bring us back to kind of where we started talking about that line manager that, that everyone ran away from to create their startup business. Of course, if the, start, the people listening are going to become successful startups. They're going to end up with employees or freelancers working with them or agencies. So they're going to end up managing people. How can we, what advice can you, can you give them to help them be a good manager, a manager with good EQ, who's not going to stress out their employees? Because, you know, when you've got stressed out employees, it's no fun and it could be very expensive too. So how can we encourage everyone listening to be a better manager when they're doing that themselves? This is a big issue. And for me, it's listening to people, being kind, knowing about them as people, not roles. You know, what's going on in their life? You know, what are the pressures on them as people? Making them feel engaged in decision making. Make sure that they feel part of the business. For me, uh, when we ran our own business, a university spinoff company, we gave shares to our critical people. That's important. Give them a part of the business. You know, people who are fundamental to your success, to you, should should have some ownership in it. But I think the most important thing is listen, be supportive, manage people by praise and recognition rather than fault finding, know about their family circumstance, be, you know, be honest and transparent with them, be open with them and and ensure that you have an open relationship where they can talk to you about their issues without fear or favor. So, I mean, it's just being a normal human being and a nice human being. You do that. You be kind, you look after them, 
then they'll look after you. They'll they'll go the they'll go the extra mile. And ultimately, as your business becomes a success, invest in them, give them the kind of training they need and they would they would like, and you haven't even thought about. But ensure in in discussions with them, you find out what they think to develop. Give them some ownership in the business. That's what we need more of. I think and the more the more they grow with the business. You keep the the people with you. The, the vital people. You can't do that necessarily with everybody, but you can do it with fairly, fairly key people in the business. And you will do well in the end. It's interesting that all these ways of being a better manager in order to avoid inflicting stress on your employees are also exactly what a manager should be doing to enhance the performance of the business. So this isn't a, oh, well, we'll give up we will spend one day a week not worrying about performance and we'll worry about stress reduction. No, because they're hand in hand, essentially exactly the same things, involving your team in the decision-making process, rewarding them. And it, it's it's so fundamental to positive business growth. It's kind of crazy that it's a problem. Yeah, I know. Command and control cultures never work. They really don't work. And unfortunately, there are too many managers who use that as a style of management. You know, have you read your contract? Get on with it. You know, what are you doing leaving at six o'clock? You know, I mean, it just, you know, why did you treat that person that way? That's not the way you manage human beings. You know, you make them feel good about what they've done. By the way, yeah, people make mistakes at work, in the work environment. And then you give them constructive feedback how to, how to improve it, right? You don't say that was lousy, terrible job. You better be better the next time. You explain to them, if it was me doing that, I would have done this, Fred, honestly. But don't worry about it. Come on, we all make mistakes at work. Let me tell you a mistake I made. Also, as a manager, make yourself vulnerable. The more vulnerable you make to your employees, the more they're going to be prepared to talk to you about their own vulnerabilities, their own problems, their own mistakes. And it sounds like I'm trying to create a therapist here in a, in a, in a manager, in a, in, a, in a new startup business. But the more you can open up to people, the more they'll open up to you. And that is what is fundamental in building relationships and teams, because that's where they come from. Carrie, is there ever a time when stress is a good thing? Yeah, there. A lot of people say that to me. They say, "Oh, you're joking. I, I want stressed employees. What are you talking about?" No. Here's the difference between the word pressure and stress. Pressure is stimulating and motivating, and good for you. And a lot of people love it. I'll, I'll, you know, when I have to do a book, I'm kind of. It's a stress. It's not a stress. It's pressure on me, but I kind of enjoy doing it. And so, but when pressure exceeds your ability to cope then you're in the stress arena. So pressure is fine, healthy, and for all of us, we need a little bit of it in life. But when it exceeds your ability to cope, then you've got problems. Now, for me, that level, if we look at a horizontal line, maybe one foot from the floor, just a little bit of pressure and I'm in the stress zone above me. For somebody who has good coping strategies, like has good social skills, prioritizes things, puts it into context, that thing isn't that. Okay, I lost a thousand pounds in that, what we did there. It's not a big deal in terms of a turnover of a hundred thousand. Forget it. Okay, we lost it. We yeah, forget it, right? Put it into context. But for some other people who don't have good coping strategies, 
that vertical line, horizontal line may be 12 feet high, right? The ones who have good, good ones, because it means a lot of pressure before you get to the stress zone, before pressure turns in, becomes maladaptive. But so part of the issue is the pressure you get on you, how much of it you get at any one point in time and your ability to cope with it. And you just have to learn coping strategies. You learn, have to learn how to prioritize. You have to learn to say to yourself, hey, in the big scheme of things, that failure that we had is not a big deal. It, it comes with the territory. That's what work is about. You take risks and you sometimes lose. That kind of an attitude gets you ahead. If you worry about that problem, that little thing that happened, and other little things that happen, they'll accumulate up and cause you stress. So coping strategies are important. And you learn those in, in the workplace and you learn them in life generally. And um, Carrie, one last thing from you. For everyone who's listened to this, like, right, I'm going to manage the stress well in my business, stay on the pressure side rather than the stress side in my new business. What's the key thing they should take away from this podcast? Okay, I think the the, the key thing is this. You're entering a business, you're going to grow that business, you're going to grow it with people, right? Be kind, listen, support them, love them, have fun. That's what work should be about. We spend more of our waking hours at work than we do at home with our families, right? Enjoy it and make it, make it joyful for other people. And guess what? You'll succeed. Because you'll come up there, they'll go the extra mile. Everybody will go the extra mile. And, and it's about how you retain and develop other human beings uh, to, when you're creating a business. You do that, you're, you're, you're sowing seeds for the future. And just make sure you look after those tender seeds. Oh, a lovely note to end on. Carrie, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web, please? Oh, well, I mean, if you need to get in touch with me, I mean, I'm all over the web. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I've published <laughs> quite a few books on how to deal with stress, you know, managing well-being in the workplace. Uh, you can go on Amazon, just put my name in. You'll see it, quite a lot of my books and things like that. And uh, you can always get in touch with me at the University of Manchester. I'm in the Manchester Business School. Excellent. Thank you, Carrie. And thank you so much for sharing such great both insight and practical advice for our listeners. It's, it's, uh, it's got me thinking, and I'm sure it's got a lot of them thinking as well. So thank you. Thank you, Chloe. I've enjoyed it. So be kind and let's have fun at work. You can't disagree with that really, can you? So what are the three key points I thought from, from this episode? I think, first of all, get away from your desk, get away from your business. That seems to be the number one way to reduce the chances of getting stressed out. So take time off. As Carrie was saying, book things to do in the evening so you have to leave the desk. Personally, I've always found like saying, I'm not working beyond this time. I'm not working on these days works as well. And then properly chill out when you're not working. Turn off the phone, get away from the laptop, don't look at Twitter um, and so forth. Secondly, then look after yourself and your support system. So sleep well, eat well, get exercise, maintain the relationships you have right now. Don't let them all disappear simply because you're in startup land, because you will pay the price if you go, go and do that. Thirdly, 
as you start employing people and working with people, be a good manager, be a good boss, listen, be kind, get to know your people, make them feel engaged with your business. As we said, these are exactly the things you should be doing to create a workforce and a team that are going to help you in the future. So, um, so there's nothing to be lost by managing stress better. We covered a lot of ground in this episode. So to help you, you can find the summary notes for this episode and links to more free resources by visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk. And that's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. Visiting www.startupdonut.co.uk could also really help you save time and money. This series is here to help you complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and establishing your new business. So next up, we'll be covering tax. More specifically, what tax deductible expenses sole traders can claim on their tax returns. Why do you need to know this? Well, because if you overclaim, it could land you in hot water with HMRC. And if you underclaim, you'll be paying more tax than you should be. We've got an expert guest joining us who makes all this super easy to understand and super interesting to listen to. So if you're a sole trader, it is a must listen. And if you're enjoying this series, picking up valuable tips, please spread the word to others you know who are setting up a business or thinking about it. Thanks to FSB for making both series possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details coming up in a moment. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your business dreams. With FSB's Startup Hub, you'll learn business law basics, discover top tips for securing funding, and hear advice from successful entrepreneurs. From startup to scale-up, Start your business journey with the Federation of Small Businesses. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk start.